live from the historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bedspreads, kids. It's the all-new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, babbling brook, ocean waves, and roaring river for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renewsit cartridge. Oh, oh shit. shit, what's, what's that, that over, over there? there? Oh, oh no, it's an island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. <laughs> My hotel tried to charge me for air conditioning. That's not cool. <laughs> Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. If a 10 pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. Two ass bags and a box of Cheez Its will be right back. And on the counters for us. Yes, they are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Today is a naked, uh, naked Wednesday here. It is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody here is naked. It's great. Mm-hmm. Wiener Wednesday. Wiener Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, they call it Wiener and Smoothie Wednesday. Yeah. Depends on what you have. Either one works. <laughs> um, hey, have you heard about the Ohio farm owner that was hospitalized after one of his zebras attacked him and nearly took his arm off? Oh, a zebra. I still think of those as being very violent animals. No, this one was. I think he's probably trying to bang it. No, no. no there's no evidence of that at all. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Deputies with the Pickaway County Sheriff's Office found a 72-year-old victim on the ground when they responded to a call about an animal bite around 5.30 p.m. Sunday in Circleville, about 30 miles south of Columbus, Ohio. The owner had been burning brush when he turned his back and the zebra attacked him. Lieutenant Jonathan R. Strasser with the Pickaway County Sheriff's uh, Office said he noted there were six to seven zebras in a fenced-in area on the property. Maybe they're in heat, maybe, or something? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I know most animals kind of act up whenever, like, one's in heat. And, yeah, you know. yeah. My mom used to keep horses. I don't know how often they... they Horses are kind of weird, season. though, because... Zebras should be similar. I was good friends with a horse breeder. He was a farmhand. Uh-huh. And anyhow, I think he, he ended up going to prison. But <laughs> Probably most of the people that live there on the farm that breed horses. Mm-hmm. I come over there one day, and we're supposed to go out drinking or some shit. Mm-hmm. And he's literally taking this horse's penis and putting it in the mare because the horse was too stupid to. Yeah. He would like just like go up against his leg and come, and it's like, oh my God, yeah. all the horse semen wasted. And, and the owners are all pissed off mm. with that stupid horse. And so he would literally have to go over there, lift the fucking horse's dick, put it in the, the female horse, what the mare. fun job. Yeah. Oh, God. And, and, I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, shut up, man. I wash my hands. Horse I want sex to hear facilitator. And then like one time, 
it, the horse's dick was so big he had to like fucking lean it up on its leg on his leg and move it up like that and I'm like oh I was like thinking wouldn't it be funny if the horse tried to mount him oh. <laughs> oh hey 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 man man that better be a good paying job <laughs> but you no it wasn't damn he had a place to stay in about I think it was like back then it's like 200 a week and yeah. it was enough to get beer, groceries, and everything else was paid for. And I don't think I could wrangle horse dick for that little money. Yeah, no. <laughs> he had an old Pinto, an old Ford Pinto. Oh. But good thing he drove gravel roads because you weren't fast enough to fucking kill him if he hit his rear end. Yeah. Normally. Really. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the, the great American exploding car. Yes. Yeah. It, the, they put the, um, they put the uh, fuel tank on the very back of it. Mm-hmm not thinking about it with a very cheap bumper yep so whenever someone hit him in the back boom yep no more car yeah so the owner had been burning brush while he turned his back on the zebra and then the zebra attacked him uh lieutenant strasser said with a picked away county police shop uh sheriff's office he, he noticed there's six or seven zebras a responding officer uh, position their cruiser in an attempt to block the zebras from the victim, but a very hostile large male zebra. There mm, you go. A large male zebra. There you go. Yep. Um, charged the driver's side door of the vehicle, according to the incident report. The officer scared away the zebras using a car horn and sirens. Yeah. The victim was sound with a hemorrhage on his right arm below the elbow and was taken away by ambulance. As deputies uh, were attending uh, to the victim, an officer saw the male zebra approach an EMS staff and the victim's family. Uh, the family authorized deputies to put down the animal after failed attempts to scare it away by yelling. Horse bites can be kind of nasty. Yes, it can. And that just leads me to believe that it's probably in heat. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad that the animal had to die because it was doing what it's normally, yeah. naturally supposed to do. Yeah. But I also understand if people's life may be in danger that you have to take, take that into consideration. True. So, but it still sucks that the animal had to die just doing what it's supposed to do. There In my a, opinion, what I think. There was a story recently about a, a man who had left his camel hitched up outside in the heat. Uh, there are places in the world where people still ride camels, mm-hmm. definitely, as you know, kind of an everyday thing. But this guy had taken his camel into a, a, an area, it was a super hot day, and he tied the camel up out in the, in the sun, no shade. Mm-hmm. And left him there for like four hours where he went off and did something else. Uh-huh. And the camel was so pissed at the guy when the guy came back that the camel attacked him, killed him, and cut it and stomped his head off. Wow. Yeah. He kept stomping on the guy until he until he chopped his head off. <laughs> for leaving him out in the sun. That camel was pissed. <laughs> Again, you think that's what camels would want. Because they're desert creatures. Yeah. Guess not. Guess not. And then, you know, if you own a camel, you ought to know what it wants and what it doesn't yeah. want. Yeah. Note so. to self. Find a shade tree. <laughs> yeah. That camel decapitated its owner. Oh, my God. It that is angry. That's mad you camel. son of a bitch. I can't believe you fucking did this to me again. I'm, I'm going to stomp your fucking head off when you get back. You watch. You watch, you son of a bitch. I don't imagine anyone was able to, like, you know, help. If the camel's attacking the guy, you pretty much just stand back. <laughs> yeah. I'd Unless like, you got a large hey, caliper uh, artillery hey, or something. Hey, hey, come on. Come, come on, Fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy, get, come on. Get your pepper spray out for the <laughs> camel. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you're pretty much just watching your buddy fucking die. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, hey, uh, a little different note. Mm-hmm. Hear about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Oh, his charity. Work. Yeah, what a good guy. Yeah, I actually uh, know a guy that met him that I used to work with. I didn't get to go on this job. It was a local one, and I was out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyhow, he was here in town for some charity event, and he was up here. They were putting in, like, the... Uh, Oh, the Hilton or something up here at the airport, the brand new one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, anyhow, he met him, said he's the nicest guy you could ever meet. Just like, you know, really down to earth, talked to everybody, talked to him, yeah. signed an autograph even, all that. So uh, anyhow, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar auction memorabilia netted at almost $3 million on Sunday, with much of the proceeds going to benefit charity. The former Bucks and Lakers center auctioned off four of his NBA championship rings and sold 234 lots of memorabilia, including a game-used signed basketball from his final game in 1989. Wow. The item sold for $2,947,872.25, according to ESPN. His rings, which had started bids of $60,000 and $65,000, netted four of the five highest sales at the auction's end. Abdul-Jabbar's 1987 ring sold for the most, going for $398,937.50. Who the hell does that? Mm. Does someone go 50 cents and there a guy goes, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'll do the 398937 but the 50 cents, um, I'm out. I'm guessing that it was somebody bidding in another country's currency, and that's the exchange rate. Ah, you're yeah. right. Because okay. like in Germany, you're bidding in euros, you're, and they convert right. to dollars, and it comes You're out right, with, and then that's how it comes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, um, anyhow, <laughs> uh, okay, and then his ring from 1985 went for $343,700. That could have been an American guy that, wanted, that got that one. Yeah. Well, the other two rings, 1980 to 88, went for 245500 each. Mm. So that one stayed in, uh, in the same country, too, yeah. it looks like. The sign ball went for $270,000.50. So, okay, that was probably another country. Yeah. Proceeds from the auction are to be donated to Abdul-Jabbar's Skyhook Foundation charity, which is dedicated to help kids learn science, technology, engineering, and math. When it comes to choosing between storing a championship ring or trophy in a room or providing kids with an opportunity to change their lives, the choice is pretty simple, Abdul-Jabbar said. Sell it all. The Hall of Famer 71 won five NBA championships with the Lakers and one title with the Bucks. Which makes you wonder, I grew up in the Jordan era and think uh-huh. he's the best ever. Oh, maybe Jabbar was. I don't know. It's it's even more impressive when you think that this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's second fortune. Exactly. Because he lost his first one to theft. Yes. There was a time in the 80s... When I'm I glad heard him you, I'm glad you remembered to go into that yeah. because he did. Yeah, uh, yeah. He go was ahead. talking on a national radio show and he was saying, uh, the, the host asked him, you know, what what drives you to keep playing after all these years? And he said, I'm broke. He said, I trusted someone to manage my money and my finances, and I have absolutely nothing left. If I was not here playing, I'd be homeless. So yeah, I need the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the examples he gave is his financial advisor was buying uh, retiring racehorses, and they were going to use them uh, for breeding purposes, you know, mm-hmm. put them out to stud. So they bought 
you know, probably $3 million worth of these horses, they sat on a farm and died of old age because no one ever got back, got around to actually breeding them. So $3 million of horses just died. Money gone. That was just one example of where his wow. money went. <laughs> I'd forgotten the particulars, but I remember he yeah. lost everything. Uh-huh. And it wasn't necessarily his fault. It wasn't like he gambled it or no. anything like that. It was just I, trusting somebody. Yeah, I think what his financial advisor was doing was going to people to say, hey, I've got tons of money here to buy and spend on stuff, mm-hmm. and I'll send it your way if you give me a 20% kickback or a 50% kickback or whatever. And the people are like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So he was having Jabbar, Abdul-Jabbar, however you say his correct correct last name, Lou L. Cinder. There we go. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. That's it. <laughs> you know, he was having him invest in all this stuff and not telling him what half of it was or, or you could be not like having me, a plan knowing, on how to use it. or Knowing someone that met him, I just call him Abby. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since I know someone that met him for like, I don't know, 20 seconds. Yep. I have the right to call him Abby. I enjoyed his performance on the movie Airplane. Therefore, I feel like I I am his long-lost brother. So you can call him Abby, too. (laughs) Yes, Uncle Abby. Uncle Abby, there we go. Yeah, he's 10 years older. He can be my uncle. (laughs) (laughs) No, but good for him. I mean, because what's the point of having it just sit around? That's exactly what we were saying. It'll all be sold when he dies, and and he has no clue where the money goes. So, Yeah. yeah, sell it now. So good for him. He's decided how much he really needs. We need for more the rest people like life. him in the world. Let's face it. Yeah, really. Um, all right, we went from that great story to one not so great story. Oh boy. Today, I guess, is kind of turning to turn out to be cleaning out our closet episode, where we have all these useless stories. Oh yeah, a little bit that we never did use. Pieces. All this stuff. So. They're like all the little meat scraps that McDonald's makes the McRib out of. Yeah, this is this is the McRib show. Yeah. <laughs> right now we're grinding pigs' asses and nut sacks and nostrils and ears all into one tasty. And that thing that fell on the floor yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Servers at a Mexican restaurant in Ohio work for only $10 a week in addition to tips left by customers according to federal authorities. Meanwhile, officials say the cooks work 60 hours a week without any overtime pay. Now the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division has recovered $245,509 in back wages for six servers and 12 cooks who worked at Los Mariachis amid the labor violations, according uh, to a February 14th news release. Los Mariachis LLC, based in Wasusan, Ohio, did not provide a comment uh, to McClashkey News regarding the investigation. The federal uh, Fair Labor Standards Act uh, requires tipped employees earn a combined cash and tip minimum wage rate of only 7.25 an hour. Yikes. And this is a newer article. This came out this year. Can you believe that? Nationally, that's all it is? That's, that's... Who in the fuck... You could have five people making that amount of money living in a studio and not being able to afford shit. Yeah. Who, that's who insane. That seems ridiculous. Well, the business owners set those limits. They pay those tall politicians to set unrealistic limits. If I ever found limits. out a place is playing people, paying people that little, I would not go to their establishment. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, workers are also expected to get overtime pay worth the rate of at least one and a half times the regular pay rate for hours over 40 in a given work week. 
The 245590 in back wages our investigation recovered will make a significant difference in the lives of 18 Los Mariachis uh, employee workers and families. Wage and our division uh, district director Matthew Utley said in the release, no server sh should be first uh, forced to work for just $10 a week in tips, and no cook should be paid straight time for 20 hours overtime. Payment for of at least the minimum wage and overtime as the law and of the land for 85 years, and every person working in the U.S. has a right to be paid their full earned wages. Yeah. E even though it's still a shitty wage. Mm. So. Wow. Yep. Yeah, the the abuses that go on on a oh that's daily not basis, even starting but, to cover it. Yeah, we we would be just horrified. Yeah. Some of those businesses that put on such a smiley, happy, friendly face to the public and inside, they're just... Oh, they're the worst cold. ones. Yeah. They're the worst fucking ones. Usually so. Well, I remember the little walkthroughs I used to have in my old employment. And I'll be smiling and go, Ah, oh, here's one of our favorite guys, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nice. And I'm like thinking, fuck you, didn't you just not give me a raise for three years? Yeah, really? Yeah. Yep. Remember when you, you called me yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when you let your fucking psychopath fucking uh, uh, supervisor fucking uh, just go insane and do all different kinds of fucked up shit just for the uh, name of profit? Remember that? Yeah, fuck you guys. Anyhow. Yeah, it, I, it reminds me of that. They'd be walking people. Yeah, thinking, yeah we love our people. As soon as they turn around and fucking get to work. Yeah, you know when I, when I see ads like that, occasionally on TV where they're showing the happy employees, the first thing I think of is these are miserable people who don't dare show how unhappy they exactly. are. Exactly, that's how it was there. Yeah, is you couldn't show how you really felt because then you'd uh, get complications over it. It's like when they're promoting a movie by uh -huh. showing people who have just seen the movie talk uh -huh. about how great it is. Yeah, guaranteed that movie's a piece of crap. Yes. Because yep. they aren't willing to show you any of the scenes of the movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead, they tell you audience reactions. And those people have been paid to say what they're going to say on, on oh, the camera. Oh, exactly. So if that's the only movie review, then you know it's garbage. And yeah. So I, I take the same view on a, a business that shows, look at our happy employees and their families. I think, no, this well, is all I, a lie. I'm great. I, yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll give you a great example right here. If you love your employees so much. Now, I'm not saying this is the place that I worked at or not, but mm -hmm. it could have been, but it, maybe it isn't. You know, who knows? But let's say a place like, you know, they paraded some people around that they're trying to sell some stuff to or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, they come by and go, oh, he's our favorite guy and all this stuff. But what they don't tell you is, is, you know, there's these things called prevailing wage where you're supposed to, you're guaranteed to get a certain amount. And then you find out for years you did not. Yeah. And they just paid you what the fuck they wanted to. Mm. And then they still gave you shit about it. Yeah. Then they still ripped you off every chance they get, shaved your money here and there and everywhere they could. Mm. Yeah. So if a place really loved you, would they do that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> food for fucking thought there. And, you know, I've worked at some places where I was treated well and they did value me. But they yeah, never I do had too. to place say I'm at now does. They never had to say that and be obvious about it. They I do it with their it. actions. Yeah. They do it with their actions. So yes. when a place is telling me how friendly and wonderful and, oh, we're a family here, I'm, all I'm thinking is that's what you want me to think. Mm -hmm. You're trying to create it by speaking it into existence. But uh -huh. No. 
Yeah. And, and, and then another thing is, is maybe some people that are in those situations, like they're not the end-all, be-all of everything is, maybe they weren't the primary perpetrators of that, but they let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, you are compliant. <laughs> you are compliant, and you are what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, we could get into a whole area where yeah, I've I mean, I don't shoot, I don't want to do that, but yeah, you know, man, I've been too negative about that. So. I think we're having a good show. I know you mentioned earlier off air that you thought you're going a little negative. I think you're being very precise today. It just all depends on how you look at it. Okay, you're saying exactly how you feel about something. You're not taking any bones about it. <laughs> I did not. Me, I'm all over the place because I'm a little lupe because of everything going on here recently. Because you know, my wife's in the hospital right now. Yeah, she's going to be okay and everything. But I mean, I haven't got a lot of sleep and. You know, I had to leave work early and all that stuff. And anyhow, I'm a little loopy, so I'm probably not only butchering the language a little bit more than normal, but I'm probably, like, serious when I'm not and then not when I am and that type of thing. So, anyhow. Uh, And also, I'm just going all around. Hey, you got anything you want to say? No. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, uh, okay. You hear about the new virtual Chinese kissing machine? Ooh. Virtual Chinese kissing machine. That yes. sounds like it be, could be like a, a, a movie title or a, a superhero. <laughs> well, the Japanese are um, a, obsessed with sex dolls, right? They want this sex doll that just like feels and just like a woman. They, mm-hmm. I, the way I kind of take it is, is they don't want to deal with women. The men don't. <laughs> so they want something that's just like a woman that does exactly what they say and just no questions about it. That's what it seems like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's another reason, but no, that's I, what it seems like to me. I think for some men, the perfect woman is a fully functioning woman with no mind of her own. Well, that's kind of what the Japanese seem to be trying to do, and they're coming really close. Okay. Have you ever looked any of this up? Their no. AI st- Look no. it up when you get a chance. It's <laughs> kind of scary, really. So... Um, there's this new virtual Chinese kissing machine. Now, I know Chinese and Japanese are completely different, different people. I'm not yeah. saying anything like that. But they're physically close to each other in the world. Yeah, and they have some little bit different ideas about some of the things that overlap, I guess. Yes, and so. Japan has invaded China. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, They're not going to anymore, no. but they did back then. In the 1930s, yeah. they invaded China and did you know really, really horrible yeah, things there. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, they're not going to do it again for a lot of obvious reasons, and also because of past. Yeah. So well, anyhow, they made they decided there's no there's no money in it. No, there's no money in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to get rid of a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Which is possible because they are overcrowded. True. True. Yeah. yeah so anyhow, but the, I'm figuring the radiation will take care of that in time. It does. Yeah. 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 All the nuclear wars. We're yeah, have. they're like the only country that's been essentially nuked three times. One by us, yeah, and then two by their own tsunamis. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, that was such a mess. Oh yeah, it still is. There's still yeah. Geiger counters that go over there that's going off the hook. Yeah, see, so. that was where the whole Godzilla uh, mythos came from. Mm-hmm. You know, radioactive waste from yeah. They're the kind of US proud of their it. they're kind of yes. proud of their radioactive heritage. You're like, yes. we're the only people that've been nuked, man. Check yeah. it out. Everything's great. <laughs> Yeah, we got this cool monster because of it. Yes. 
<laughs> so anyhow, the device was created by a group of university students in China that have been met with criticism on social media. Some users called the device weird while others found humor in it, mm-hmm. saying that their idea of a long-distance relationship is probably a bad idea. According to Global Times, a state-run media outlet, the invention has been patented by Gansu Vocational Institute. Mm-hmm. The inventor, Jiang uh, Zaguli, if that's how you pronounce it, who the fuck? You know what? That is how you pronounce it. That's we're perfect. Decide, yes. That is perfect. Hey, we can decide how we pronounce other people's names. Exactly. So Zong, uh, Zhang Gonzoli is exactly perfect. They could not have said it better themselves. It's yeah, like, let's see. I just look at Google. Oh, it said you're spot on, Mark. Great job. <laughs> so, uh, uh, with his girlfriend led to the invention. That's where the inspiration of the device originated. A function app allows users to pair up anonymously with strangers in a kissing square, according to CNN. <laughs> Meaning users can ah. upload their kisses for others to download and experience. Ah. The device works with a headphone jack and is triggered through pressure on, put on the device. The device looks like a corded pair of lips attached to a headphone jack. Very odd, but it's very popular, at least so far. The jack is hooked into your phone and the app loaded for your instructions to help. Happy kissing. Of course, you know, <coughs> nine Excuse out of me. ten of those guys are going to shove those fake lips right onto their dick or butthole. I thought of that, too. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Only they're going to go, ah, I'm going to go home and practice with my mouth, but nothing else. Yeah. Oh, here's, here's exactly how I see this going. Okay. These devices are eventually going to become a full-sized <laughs> replica of a human, mm-hmm. and it is going to be wirelessly connected to your favorite porn hub, mm-hmm. and you will download the porn video, and this animated sex doll will act it out for you. Yeah. Yep. No matter what the technology is, humans will find a way to porn it right up. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that quite a while back, yeah. you know? And, you know, this, and it's 100% true. And why wouldn't this be an automatic add-on to all the virtual reality headsets? You it, meet somebody and you get to kiss them and you feel it. See, there's yeah. where virtual reality falls apart. You never feel what's going on. Exactly. You see it and hear it, but that's it. You never feel it. That's now right. they're going to work in a way where you can feel it. And then it's going to be porn right up out of existence. It, it is. It's going to be, it you know, nine, nine tenths of the technology is going to be earmarked directly for the porn industry. Uh huh. Because who else is going to buy life size sex dolls that are internet connected? Mm-hmm. Porn addicts. Exactly. <laughs> God, the amount of money and energy humans spend to find new and creative ways to have sex. Oh, it's, yeah, it's. Mind boggling. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and you know all the people creating all this technology, they they're pretending that they're not really into porn, but that's why they're making it. They're depending, oh, no, they're no, no, counting no. on enormous. What they're doing is they're going the in that direction, industry. but acting like they're not. Yeah, but they're counting on the huge financial input from the porn industry to fund their robotic lips and robotic vaginas and whatever else they're gonna hook <laughs> onto these sex dolls but you know maybe that will cut down on human trafficking you know if there's one good thing to say for it then yeah yeah. you know what of course we're all going to also going to wind up with uh you know daily news reports of you know a man was found dead in his apartment today 
Police said that he'd been in there for 37 straight days having sex with an animated doll and forgot oh, to Oh, I can't eat. wait for that. <laughs> it's going to be over and over. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. So, yeah. Yep. It, it really does seem to be like they're inventing new ways to masturbate. Hey, thank you. Hey, you got, you got anything you want to say? No, no. <laughs> All right. Okay, have a good day. Appreciate it. You know, that might be a key right there. There's there's only a few ways you can make money on somebody masturbating. But if you can sell them an item like a this masturbation doll, kit. Or this you know, <laughs> this these automated lips or this doll or whatever and then get them to pay a monthly fee, uh-huh. then you're making money off of them masturbating. And you know they're never gonna stop. You know you're right. That's they're monetizing masturbation. That's it. What an enormous wealth that. So could basically, be for they're selling them a masturbation kit. Yeah. It's like, look, we know you can do this on your own, but we have this little kit enhancer. Mm-hmm. This will make it so much better. What are, what are things people never stop doing? They don't stop eating. Yep. They don't stop drinking. They don't stop smoking. Breathing. They don't stop having sex. Yeah. You know. So if you can get them to pay you on a monthly basis for doing something so basic, wow. Yeah. You'd be so rich. That's true. And a basic human urge like reproduction, you get them to masturbate according to your monthly fees and, and charges. Wow. I know. You get them hooked onto your service. I mean, what an addiction that is. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, at the White House. TikTok, damn you, get off my lawn. Two thimble dicks and a crash cart will be damn right kit. back. Two douchebags and microphone.net, your one stop for everything you want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. All right. Two douchebags. And a microphone. Mark. And I'm Topher. All right. Well, here we're a very special occasion here. We are at the new Kansas City International Airport. Or if you're putting the code into Priceline or something, it is known as MCI. Oh, yeah, that's right. I tend to think of it as KCI. It, but well, the, tech, the name is KCI, but, but if you airport put the airport code, code in, it yeah. stands for like Mid-America... Mid-Continental, Mid-Continental, that's yeah. it. Mid-Continental. Yeah. yeah. Although they don't always stand for anything, like the, the code for Toronto is YYZ. Yeah, I never have figured that out. I guess it's for no reason at all. Cause yeah, they're, like, they're running out of letters. Yeah, they're so. like, well, what code? Uh, I, um, uh, YYZ. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> I heard the way they did it. I don't know if this is true or someone was just telling me. Um, is they take the first three letters of the city's name, and as mm-hmm. long as it's not something... Like S U K or P U S or something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Now, if you have another city that has the same uh, first three letters, then you substitute 
you know, one of the next letters. Instead of, you know, letters one, two, three, it's, you know, letters one, Let three, and four, or something like that. And they start going through until they, you know, try to get any combination of its existing letters that makes any kind of sense. And when they run out of that, they just like it assign it something random that they won't run into or any other place. Like, there won't okay. be a city that needs YYZ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That makes so, as much sense as anything. Yeah. So The idea is trying to make these city codes as unique as possible. Mm-hmm. So when someone around the world hears MCI, they know, oh, mid-continental, okay, that's middle middle of the United States. Yeah. And they just know where it is. So. Well, and also, word to anyone else who wants to do a podcast up here, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it really was. Because we have to be in the, the secure spot to do it. Right. Yeah, and uh, and we are going on a plane ride. Right. We we had we had tickets anyway, so yeah. So that's why we decided to get here four hours early and do a podcast. Yeah. And uh, actually, I thought we were going to have to like run all our stuff back home and abort it, and then come back because <laughs> yeah. man, they they do not like you taking this equipment through here. Yeah. But the fact is, we're going to need it. Anyhow, because we're going to do a podcast there. So yeah, because uh, the filthy bean has got his new line of uh, package espressos that are hitting Kroger's around uh, Mm -hmm. the uh, Nashville area, and he said even Memphis and uh, Jackson—is it Jackson, Tennessee, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said those three metropolitan areas are all receiving his product. Mm. He has these blends of espressos that are just out of this world. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, we are mm-hmm. going to go there to promote it. Yeah. 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 So. You know, the, these these aren't like your instant coffees from you know the no, past this, days. These no. are these are technology has come a long way for their, for any kind of instant beverage, and these are actually well, Rick is really really good. Every coffee producing <laughs> country in the world. Searching out the best coffees. Yeah. This is this guy's passion. This is what he does. This is what he loves. He is just nutso about coffee. He can look at a ground of coffee and pretty much tell you what it is. I mean, it's insane. (laughs) uh, It looks like a French roast, probably uh, maybe, you know, Colombian or whatever. Yeah, that looks like a Peruvian uh, (laughs) nutmeg special, you know. Salvadoran Antiguan, if there is such a thing, you know. Um, Yeah, let's see. There's the, uh, let's see, what is it, the... uh, the Mexican pancake one, yeah. Uh, let's see, what is, what's some of the other ones? Yeah, they, uh, yeah. The, it's in the flavored coffees. Yeah, the rusty trombone one too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyhow, sour green apple and maple. Yeah, the yeah the sour green apple smoothie one. Yeah. Yes, yes. Google Google image all of this so you can yeah. see what we're talking about. Great coffee. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, we are going there tonight. He set us up at the Omni again. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. hell yeah. So we can, like, give everybody a pressed ham again like we did last time. <laughs> Hopefully we got the front windows like we did last time. Yeah. <laughs> you see the look on people's faces when they look up and they see a pressed ham. <laughs> yeah. Some people marvel at it. Some people get mad. And some people don't know what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Is that, that? That looks like maybe someone took a small child and <laughs> smashed him up against the window. Oh, my God. We should, start drawing, one. We should start drawing it faces on our asses. We should. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just we can like put ears go pull ears i don't know <laughs> so yeah we're gonna be staying at the omni yeah and we are going to i guess it's gonna be a big shindig he's gonna actually be cooking out 
out there. Oh, nice. You, you know nice. the park where we're having the battle with a guy that has a damn leaf blower? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he's going to be cooking out there tomorrow, and the okay. weather's going to be good for it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, I get some uh, Memphis-style barbecue. Oh, is that no, what it is? Nashville-style. Tennessee barbecue, anyway. The well, Tennessee I, has their... Yeah. Is it a Memphis-style, or is it a Tennessee in general? Okay, well, it depends. Uh, mm-hmm. Nashville has two different types of barbecue. Mm-hmm. One is almost a Kansas City style, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is Memphis all the way. Okay. So Jack yeah, Calhoun's Memphis is the style. Jack Calhoun's is definitely a Memphis style. Mm-hmm. And Jack's, which is not related to Jack Calhoun's, mm-hmm. but everybody thinks it is, <laughs> yeah. is a Kansas City style. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of other places, too. And it just depends, but most of it is a Tennessee, which is more of a vinegar-based, mm-hmm. um, sweet sauce. Um, they uh, they do spice their meat up, but not as much as we do yeah. in Kansas City. Uh, and there's some differences, but if I had to pick a second favorite, it would be Tennessee style of barbecue. Yeah, I like that too. As long as it's not too sour from vinegar and not too hot from spices to where I can't taste it, I like a lot of barbecues. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm I'm the same way. I think we're pretty much in line on that. Yeah. So, anyhow, here at uh, KCI, it's a really beautiful airport. It is. I I really like this new airport. I've been getting uh, rave reviews from from, uh, people that I've talked to that have traveled through it. Um, definitely, definitely vast improvement over the old one because it was just it was outdated the moment nine eleven happened. It really was. Oh, there geez. was just no fixing it. It 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 had to be replaced. So, huh. how long did it take us? <coughs> Thirteen years, twelve years from nine oh eleven. God, yeah. No, that was two thousand one. So it's been uh, uh, twenty two years. Twenty two years. Twenty two yeah. years. We suffered with that. Ridiculous. When they cut that airport area. in half, yeah. you realize how small it was. Yeah, yeah, that was. Mm. When it oh, wasn't well. cut in half, it didn't seem as bad. Yeah, the circular terminals is what doomed it. Or mm-hmm. they weren't really, you know, they weren't like a big round circle. They were just short arcs. Well, here's and then the you deal with KCI. One of those right down the middle. Mm. Well, the people that aren't familiar, KCI is three separate terminals. Mm. A, B, and built C next to each other. Giant horseshoe-shaped terminals. Yeah, yes. And that was the beauty of it back in the 70s when they built it. Yeah, yeah. No one had separate terminals. So if you're going out on a, uh, I don't know, let's see, a TWA back then or a mm-hmm. Pan Am, uh-huh. you know, one would be on an A, one might be on a B, one could be on the C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot easier to navigate because they were dealing with less people in mm-hmm. three different terminals. They did not overlap. They don't have anything going to the other one. You literally right. have to get out, get in a taxi, and go to the next one. And and they would group the airlines in each of the three terminals based on how likely you are to transfer from one to another. Yes. You know, like you're not going to come flying in on Northwest and necessarily connect to Alaska Air going so you know you, already, I, you could have already been on alaska i, Air I have had my <laughs> flights fucked so. around back uh, when i was going out of town for work mm-hmm. and uh anyhow that i had to come back on a different airline and then my car was parked in the other lot yeah because they also have the satellite parking mm-hmm. which is much cheaper and a little ways away and they tram you into the airport yeah. the satellite parking um, has different areas too. Like they have this one area for Southwest and let's say United, yeah. another one for Delta and Alaska and you know or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So I had to like uh, go up there. They told me when I got off the plane, they said, tell the tram guy. Since you flew around Southwest and you came back on Delta or whatever, they're two different lots. He said, tell the tram guy that he's got to drop you off at bus station L, and then you got to wait for the red bus to pick you up. What a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the red bus did not come to the terminal because that wasn't Delta or whatever. It was really weird. Yeah. The first time it ever had that happen, but you're right. That's how they coordinate that. Mm -hmm. They put the ones you're most likely, and since this was an oddball deal that I just got screwed on because I forgot why. I think it was a weather deal. Mm -hmm. So, anyhow, I had to take first available because it was a holiday weekend. I, I can't remember. It could have been Easter. I think it was right around this time. And needed to get back that Sunday, and this is like Saturday or something, so they had to do whatever they did. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, uh... We got a, I think it might have been Frontier, and I, mm -hmm. and I flew there on Southwest. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyhow, and they don't jive at KCI at all. No. They're like, they couldn't be further away from each other, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, but all right, enough of that, because it probably bores the piss out of people. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, do you know that uh, Gen Z has a Twitter war against the Millennials? Oh, my God. What a useless <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> I know. Figures. Why do they hate the millennials so bad? Don't you think they'd hate us more? Like the boomers? We, like, ruined everything and had the best time. Yeah. you think they'd be throwing shade on us instead of those guys. Yeah. The millennials know. are the product of us. Yeah, we're all fucking screwing our brains out and drinking and fucking tripping on drugs. And the millennials just sat there like fucking jello. <laughs> so, but anyhow, Gen Z's going after those guys instead of us. They're probably like, those guys are about dead. Forget them. Don't bother with them. Well, Go after millennials. Who's the who's the the youngest of all these groups? This is Gen Z. Okay. Gen Z is the youngest demographic that counts, okay. I guess. Yeah. Like so they have to start the alphabet the, over, you know, and do it for the next. I guess I was or, wondering that too. Is like you know because we had. You know, Gen X was a big one, uh -huh. and I'm officially really I'm a Gen Xer. I'm not a boomer mm, yeah. because of my. You know, I was a few years into Gen X, so um, Gen X was like the big thing. Oh my God, the world's going to hell! Look at Gen X, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, and then uh, all of a sudden they came up with all these other terms mm -hmm. that aren't even around anymore, like the voids. Yeah. There were the voids. The millennials still stuck around. Is that in place of Gen Y? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, my point being, at some point, the next generation is going to come along and look at Gen Z and say, we're not Gen anything, that's stupid, and you're stupid too. I was waiting for that already, man. Yeah. It's like, why would anyone go, okay, we're Gen Z. Yeah. A Gen X I kind of like, because Gen X kind of had a certain kind of, uh, eh, I don't know if you call it a gravitas, but, but um Kind of a little savoir faire, a little zing to it. Yeah, like, some, anything with X, you know, yeah, has like, a little oh, bit of Oh shit! Weight here comes a Gen Xer. Yeah. That's right, bitches. I'm here to clean this fucking place out. But who wants it? Come on. Who That's the a Gen next Xer. generation <laughs> is? The the next generation coming is going to make fun of them the way they're making fun of the ones <laughs> ahead of them. Yeah. So their turn well, to be ridiculed is, is coming. The millennials are not fighting back. Yeah. The millennials, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, crying in the corner. They don't like us. Oh my god. Maybe they're know. like maybe they're being like us and they just don't care. It kinda almost <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It kinda almost looks like to me like uh um 
Gen Z is like a snappy, angry little generation. Yeah. And where the generations after us were kind of like a little calmer, a little calmer, a little nicer, more kinder, gentler. Oh, no, we can't make fun of people. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like Gen Z is like, fuck every one of you guys. Fuck yeah. you, fuck you, fuck you. We don't adhere to anything. It almost looks like that. Like they come around the corner and said, hey, this is us, and we don't adhere to any of your bullshit. And that's the attitude that the punk movement had in the 70s. Yes, they're like the new punks, maybe. I don't know. And it's the attitude that the shoegazers had during the grunge era. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new. This is just oh, a recycled attitude. It, it, yeah, and it comes around every so much because yeah. all of these are the product of the generation below, before it. Like yep. uh, like uh, Gen, Gen X or whatever. Um, okay, the first part of Gen X was like the glam sleaze. Mm-hmm. Well, what what derived from that was the opposite. Yep. It was like, no, no, we're not putting on those clothes. No, no, no. Yeah. We're not doing our hair up. No. It's like a reset. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. So the great reset happens, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, shit, these guys aren't doing anything, got nothing else going on. Well, we're going to have to do something else. So it goes into a different. So it goes into weird, like, hey, let's all wear polka dots. And dresses that look like, I don't know, Christmas trees. Yeah. And let's be, like, non-sexual. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, it's just like, they go the complete opposite. Because 90s was kind of like the whore generation, almost. It's like yeah. the girls uh, barely wore anything. And, I'm, I mean, really, I mean, for what I gather, people can say whatever. but it And just, that was the late 60s, too. Yeah, the 90s were a reflection of the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Free love, whatever. Fuck my parents, you know, they mm-hmm. ruined everything. Yeah, fuck corporations, fuck the government, you know, yeah. that type of an atmosphere. Yeah, once they learned where a condom and AIDS isn't as big an issue, that it was yeah. like, yeah, there we go again. Oh, it mainly gets gay people? All right, let's start fucking again! <laughs> That's pretty much the way it happened. Was all of a like, everyone hit the brakes. What do you mean? It got in the hetero? Oh, shit, no, stop! <laughs> you know, throughout history, when we have... You know, society going one direction, it tends to go the other direction eventually. Well, someone gets smart and goes, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then someone looks at him and goes, I'm not doing that either. Someone looks at them too and goes, I'm not doing that either. And pretty soon, everyone's not doing that. For minor things, you know, and minor shifts, you know, we swing back and forth, but sometimes we liberal and conservative in our attitudes or in our policies. You know, or, and I can shift between both of them in a hair. Yeah. It just depends on how I feel that day sometimes, you know? The part that interests me and kind of concerns me, too, I guess, is when a society changes, mm-hmm. how things tend to go. I'm, I'm trying to think of an exa- other example, but all I can think of is examples where societies get more and more permissive, more and more open, more and more freedoms, and then eventually they collapse under their own corruption, laziness, whatever, and an outside much more strict and puritanical force comes in and resets everybody. Yes. But it's not necessarily the society itself saying, oh, we need to straighten up here. No, they make themselves weak well, targets. I've, I've got a great and example they get conquered of from the, the outside. The yin and the yang and the Z and the Y and all this. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you remember the movement in the middle of the grunge era that was Big Band Swing? Mm-hmm. They, there was a concerted effort to bring the 20s back. 
yeah. the Roaring Twenties. It was in the middle of the grunge era, and it was huge. Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yes. Um, um, there's Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Yes, yeah. Uh, Real Big Fish. Yes, yeah. And it's right in the middle of the grunge era, and I don't even know how it's going to be looked at. I mean, to me, it was like a ragtime type of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big band swing, and mm-hmm. I've always loved that type of music. That is some of the best music ever put out. Yeah. It's just like I was telling you in California and on the cruise ship a couple months ago, American standards are huge. Yeah. I mean, we went into three different restaurants while we were there in California. Uh-huh. No, actually four. Four. Because the one we went to at the pier, that uh, Mongolian place, they also played American standards too. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really refreshing. Yeah. But I wanted to know why. You come here, you go anywhere, you don't hear American standards anywhere. Um, right? No. I don't even think we have a station that covers American standards. You can't turn on down the dial and find them. Probably on Sirius XM somewhere. Well, you could probably get that there, yes. Yeah. But the American standards, you know, is like really big again over there. Or maybe it's like, I think what you pointed out, they don't want to offend anybody, so how do you do that? Yeah, Put it's pretty stuff safe music. Yeah. yeah, it's real safe. Yeah. So... And a lot of it is probably public domain now, which means they don't have to pay royalties. Even the Frank Sinatra stuff, some of that is public domain, so Uh, yeah. But, bottom line is, if it doesn't work for them, they're not going to use it no matter what. No, that's what I was thinking too, and why in the world would they do it if people were not enjoying it, you know? Well, okay, what do, I guess you would look at what do people think of when they hear that music? What's, you know, the feeling in their, in their... Hearts, you know, do they think warm, fuzzy, happy thoughts of a simpler time when things mm-hmm. weren't as complicated? Post-COVID, I think, is that's what it is. Yeah. I think that they, they're they like, you know what, we want to go back to a simpler time. And actually, I think you just hit it. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. They want people to enjoy themselves again. Yeah. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Are you always such an idiot, or do you just show off when I'm around? Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May, your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. Oh, oh shit. shit. What's, What's that, that over there? there? Oh, oh no. no. It's, it's an island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. <laughs> a panic-stricken man explained to his doctor, You have to help me. I'm shrinking. The doctor said I will. You have to be a little patient. <laughs> Two monkey fuckers and a toaster will be right back. So, I, I believe that, I think you hit it, Christopher. Uh, I think that it is, uh, you know, trying to bring things back to basics. Just be happy. Yeah, pleasant memories yeah. Or, or whatever it is you associate with the, with the era. Um, I was trying to think, the 20s is more of the outlaw era. That was mm-hmm. post-World War I. Yeah. So, everybody who was alive was just damn glad to be alive. Yeah. It was post Spanish flu, which was yeah. their version of COVID, killed way more people. Well, I think. a lot more people, and they didn't have the medical attention <clears throat> yeah. or nothing. And so. um, 
um, they didn't um, have anything really for it. And also, they didn't have a diagnosis for it. So if someone in the family got it and they got ill, the rest of the family got it and they were dead, probably. Yeah, and there's a lot more close living in unsanitary conditions. Yes. It was also a time of prohibition because that took that that came about right after World War One was That's the true. outlawing of alcohol. Yeah. And uh, let's see, so the wild roaring twenties and the flappers and everything—it's—it was all associated with the illegal alcohol industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but there again, it's you know what do people think of when they think of the twenties? And if they think of fun stuff and good times, yeah, then that's all you know. The thirties, everyone thinks about the depression, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and in the 40s, people tend to think of post-World War II instead yeah, of the war. Yeah, more of that. Yeah, building, yeah. getting a family. Yeah. The suburbs were created. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think there were no suburbs until after World War II. That's yeah, pretty much when, that's they when they started. when they started doing it, yeah. yeah the, this is for families. Come build your family over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the area where my home is built was a golf court, of course, until after right World War II. And uh, okay, and uh, they converted all to homes. In fact, okay. one of the houses that's that's in the neighborhood is the former golf clubhouse, and you can still tell that it was a clubhouse. <laughs> so you know, suburbs were being invented on the fly. Um, that was you know that's pretty a pretty much a, a a fun time to remember. You get into the fifties; it's more Cold War. Yeah, and that's when everyone thought the world was going to end for the first time. Yeah. You know, Russia was building their nukes, we were building ours, uh, eventually led to the yeah. missile crisis in the 60s, early yeah, 60s and all that, which is going to lead into my President Kennedy kale story here mm-hmm. after this Gen Z story that we're not getting to. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, on and on and on. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. I, I really love what we're going there. All right, then two more points. For the 50s that also hammered home the uh, Cold War was in 1949, mm-hmm. China turned communist. Mm-hmm. And so then you had China and Russia, two big communist slash socialist And all this powers. has come to a head. This is when they started mm-hmm. having drills at school mm-hmm. about nuclear weapons and fallout shelters fallout being designated. Shelters, yeah. yeah, the grade school I, I attended was uh, part of it was registered as a fallout shelter mm-hmm. and we had nuclear bomb drills where they'd have us crawl under our desks and cover our heads. Yeah. None of which would have made any difference at all. I but know. It was I, just something to make us feel better. I remember just seeing an atom bomb with Hiroshima and uh, uh-huh. Nagasaki, and I, I ain't going, okay, you want me to put my head underneath there? Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty futile just for a tornado. I better be pretty Not much alone, 30 maybe. miles away yeah. and be dodging debris at this point. Yeah, it's like, come on now. Yeah. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out there and hope it gets me. You know, I used yeah. to joke around if I find out they launched. I'm going to find out, you know, at that time was Richard Skabauer, Air Force Oh, Air yeah, Force Dickie Goober. Yeah, Dickie Goober, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go straight in the middle of there. Be ground zero. Ground zero. Yeah, so you And, have to and hope they're online. And then after they uh, dissolved, I was like, you know what? I'm going downtown Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I'm fucking mooning it. 
<laughs> all the way down because I don't want to be trying to eat radioactive deer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and then and then the Korean War started in 1950. That's right. And that was the first time that uh, the capitalist West and the communist East directly fought on a military basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the start of the 50s. So that's what made the 50s all about the Cold War and us yeah. versus them and why you yeah. have so many aliens invading movies because they're worried about the commies invading. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm going to switch the first story because this actually ride leads right into it. Okay. Okay, so we're going to keep going along the timeline. Mm-hmm. So then after that was the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. The Vietnam War, uh, President Kennedy did not, want, he did not want to be a part of. Yeah. And Lyndon you're bailing out the French, basically. did want to be part of it as uh, vice president. Yeah. So, last year, I was listening to one of the shows I listened to, mm-hmm. and, and I listened to Bubble of Love Sponge still. I think he does a great show still. Yeah. It's quite a bit different than it used to be, but it has to be because of FCC and other idiot shit. And, yeah. and, you know, can't do this, can't do that. Oh, my God, don't offend anybody. Fucking bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. So, the show's quite a bit different, but I still find it very entertaining. And they brought up something last week, mm-hmm. and I looked it up afterwards. Last year, the CIA actually uh, pretty much admitted, said, yeah, you know, or the CIA did. Yeah. They came out with the unclassified documents. Freedom of information kind of thing, declassified yes. documents. The CIA yeah. had President Kennedy killed. Oh if you don't God. believe it, look it up. I did. But they asked, like, Siri on the, on their show. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, you know, according to several sources, the CIA was involved in the killing of President Kennedy. And I'm like, <sighs> and then I got to looking up, and it's pretty much common knowledge now. They just let it out. No one's alive. Yeah, no one kind of cares anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I uncovered the real reason. I mean, yeah, you know, Vietnam was part of it. They mm-hmm. want, you know, he didn't want to be a part of it. And, of course, the great... Uh, Military-industrial complex. complex. Yeah, War machine's got to keep fucking... Eisenhower is the one that coined that. Yeah. And he was a great military leader. He was a general. Yeah. And a damn good president. And he's the one that came up with it. Um, yeah, and he was telling us, watch out for it. Yes. He, he was saying, you know, don't embrace it. Don't feed it. Watch out for it because it's not your friend. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, and what do we right. do? We fed it. <laughs> we made it our pet. <laughs> that motherfucker is a so obese right now. Yeah. Yeah. It can't move. So, okay, newly newly uncovered story about kale. Last year in the news, there was some very interesting stories on how President Kennedy was actually the target of the CIA and was assassinated. So now our crack staff here at Two Douchebags and a Microphone, and this is Plumber's Crack. Yes. The other crack, we don't even want to go into it. We're still trying to get some of our equipment back. That's why we still have to keep doing these disclaimers. And Yeah, we, yeah. we, we really got to. Uh, I, I mean, I did speak to those those two pawn shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said they'll save it for us, but we still got to pay for it. Yeah, that's nice. So, well, yeah. we'll learn no lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, Plumber's Crack. So now our crack staff here at Two Deuce Bags and Microphone have uncovered the first plot schemed up by the Central Intelligence Agency, also known as the CIA. Yes. Yeah, for you newbies out there or whatever. (laughs) So uh, newly uncovered documents were located underneath President Kennedy's museum. These documents were found underneath JFK's favorite whoopee cushion, under his guest recliner, 
that he sat in the Oval, Oval Office during his term. Oh. Uh, evidently, is quite a prankster, right? Yeah, like, I can know, see that, yeah. definitely. But it would be because they're saying, okay, Mr. Um, Brezhnev. Yeah. Was it Brezhnev back then or Khrushchev? Khrushchev. Khrushchev, Khrushchev yeah. Khrushchev, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sit right here, Khrushchev. Khrushchev's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not funny, I do not fart. <laughs> I push button now. Oh, now, now you get it. I get with CIA, you dead man. You dead man. <laughs> How come I sound oriental? I don't know. Okay, anyhow. I don't know. The uh, documents outlined uh, a failed plan that President um, was uh, going to be often offered kale to eat with his regular food. The CIA was going to feed it to him regularly and then declare him incompetent to serve with the kale the primary reason for his insanity. Well, yeah, if you're eating a lot yeah. of kale, that's a sure yeah. sign of mental illness. They really didn't want to kill him, but they wanted to prove that he was insane. He was going to go, look, who else would eat this garbage every day? That was so smart, because if they just killed him, he becomes a martyr and yes. a loved figure. But if you show him eating kale, then yeah, they have video everyone footage. would turn from him just yeah. naturally. <laughs> they had video footage. They they was planning this big all out. Like, look, mm-hmm. he loves kale, and then they would have ousted him. They would have said, "Look, man, you know you're not fit to serve." Yeah, we have several hours of you eating kale and loving it. Yep, that's that's in the territory of being yeah. caught with your uh, sister's best friend. Yes, you know something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they really didn't want to kill him, but the first plot. Failed when Kennedy ordered kale never to be served or offered again while he was in office. Mm. So, so the, there you go. The kale lobby would definitely put out a contract on him at that point. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even kale was hated back then as well. Years of watered-down <clears throat> educational systems have led to this insane love for the joke played on man. America, again, <clears throat> you're mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah. President Kennedy would have been alive if he could have stomached that shit. Yeah. But he couldn't stomach it, so... Kale strikes again. Yes, it does. Kale ruined America. Mm. And is continuing <laughs> to get his sticky, sticky, nasty yep. limbs all over everything. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyhow. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go back to my Gen Z story now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get the Kale Liberation yeah, Front yeah, too yeah. worked up. They'll we come did after our, us. We so. did our daily bagging of Kale, so I guess we'll just go ahead <laughs> and move on. So. Okay, so Gen Z's all over the millennials, and millennials are over there scratching their nuts, looking off into space. So, online war between Gen Z and millennials is real. Gen Z has launched an all-out online war against uh, the aughts. Here is just a few comments Gen Z has made online. (laughs) Any generation that uses words such as doggo, adulting, or living in one-bedroom apartments overshadowing their Harry Potter houses and being obsessed with avocado toast are, res- <laughs> <laughs> are responsible for the nation's decline. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, but when it's put like that, I think I kind of agree with it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, avocado toast. Yeah, Nobody yeah. loves it as much as they act. <laughs> That's almost like a kale thing. <clears throat> yeah. It almost. I mean, kale is just, you know... It's, it's a shame garbage. when something that has some value and merit suddenly becomes trendy so then it's you know it's just uh, like imagine if uh, having a black umbrella meant that you were secretly a Nazi everybody would be dumping their umbrellas and running out and buying other colored umbrellas you know that's true 
for no good reason other than you know oh gee it's just I'm not so I can't wear this yeah yeah so then you take something like avocado toast and then it suddenly becomes the big thing so of course I have to stop eating it otherwise well, just, I'm uh, one of the sheep I got another great example pineapples wearing oh, something yeah. with a pineapple yeah well I found out it is an upside down pineapple not a pineapple but people don't oh, know that it's an upside down yeah pineapple. so people are just wearing pineapple shirts not thinking anything about it mm-hmm. it's not an upside down pineapple so it, it's not yeah, actually the swingers whatever Iggy secret or whatever. code yeah, secret, secret code. handshake yeah yeah so there are a lot of people out there just like fucking pineapples i think they're cool i mean you know yeah my wife i think has a shirt with a pineapple on it so i feel a little better about her wearing that now yeah so. yeah so you just gotta let it be known if anyone starts like giving her the look or something or yeah or if you're like going hey come on let's come on back let's get yeah. some drinks at our house then you make sure yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. look yeah. this is not upside down Mm. Read your rule book, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Read your rule book. <laughs> you must be new at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Read How is book. it that I'm not a swinger and I know more than you? <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane, fucker. Stay in your lane. So, uh, the next one is, <clears throat> if millennials are finding it impossible to own houses and hold down grown-up jobs, it won't get any better for future generations. Mm. That one was a little bit more serious. It wasn't quite so funny. Yeah. But it's a little profound. Because I want to see what the statistics on a Gen Z were. Yeah. I don't see a whole lot of them seem like jumping out over everything to go to work. I it don't was know if that's true or not. The other day, as Cindy and I were driving uh, um, to see someone, um, there was a big construction area mm-hmm. where uh, shops were going up. But on the upper floors was going to be uh, like condos and housing. Uh-huh. And then I started thinking, um, people like that are the ones that are going to be driving the electric cars that only go 100 miles between charges. Because they're never going to go more than, you know, 10 or 15 miles anyway. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, a lot of them aren't even going to own cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that matter, they probably won't even worry about buying a house. They'll just live in that apartment above, you know, these shops and things. Yeah. So the the whole paradigm of you grow up, move out, buy your own house, buy a car, every adult in the household has Shattered. their own car, that's just not a thing anymore. Yeah. And it was cool for a long time, but I guess it is ready for a change. I guess so. You know, like a hundred years ago, not everybody had a car. Mm-hmm. So now we're going back to not everybody even wants a car. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> not everybody even wants one. Yeah. It's not just like not everyone has a car for any reason. It's like not everybody even wants one. Yeah. A lot of them are like, nah, no thank you. And, you know, I like that more than, you know, here's the latest electric vehicle, run out and buy it for a hundred grand. And, by the way, building it and making the batteries pollutes more than driving a gasoline car for 20 years. Oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for my part, it's more like, you know, how about if I just don't use any car for a while? Yeah. Instead of, you know, replacing my gas car with an electric car, how about I just rarely use a car? Yeah. That works, and it doesn't involve me spending any money. Oh, yeah. well, that makes me a bad person. I didn't spend money. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> that makes me Fair un-American. Enough. You have to spend money every time a fad jumps up. <laughs> Um, the next one is, 
Excuse we me. come in peace, goodness and gracious. Why are they so furious at us? But I don't see that at all. Mm. <coughs> Gen Z is like, this is stuff that's going on on TikTok every night. So I they guess, think we're furious with them? No, no, no. Um, they, uh, um, um, let's see, what is it? Uh, Gen Z millennials. They think millennials are mad at them. But oh, the millennials okay. aren't responding. Okay. So this is more like, this is sounding more like the case of the adult dog is in the house and relaxed and the little, new little kitten runs up and starts, you know, yeah. pawing at him and the the dog's like, oh, what? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Gen Z's, the little, the little kitten thinking they're taking on Goliath and the dog's yes. like... Yeah, I found this whole thing to be so odd because it's just like... Uh, how interesting that they want to paint themselves as the hated, oppressed ones. Yeah. That they just they just don't know how to live as a regular person. They have to have some big enemy they're fighting against all the time. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Huh. So, I'm going to do some more research on this, too. But I got one more quip from TikTok. And then that's it. I just wanted to <coughs> cover this a little bit. And then I'm going to look into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And try to find out some certain things. Like, where did it start, the origination? Like, did someone, like, say something that infuriated all the Gen Zers? And all of a sudden, they start lashing back? Yeah. Or if they're just bored and fucking off? Or, if they're, you know. But I just found it weird because the article was basically saying that, you know, Gen Z's all over the millennials, and the millennials aren't even showing up. Yeah. You know, you know, they can't even find their car keys. So, anyhow. Uh, anyhow, Weird. the last one. Tired of boomers bunching the millennials and Gen Z's together? So we finally got an honorable mention. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. Or X. I, I, no, I didn't get a mention, I guess. But anyhow. Tired of boomers bunching millennials and Gen Z's together. I personally don't want to be associated with people who think Harry Potter or movies are a personality trait. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of cute. So yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. <clears throat> so, anyhow, um, <laughs> take that for whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of cute and kind of stupid and for no reason. So, it's like, yeah, you know what? Just fucking report on it. Yeah, I, I, I've read things where supposedly some generations are really, really angry at boomers for polluting the world or screwing up this or that. Or well, I remember reading an article, but only wrote, uh, read one of them, and then I never could find it again. Hmm. And it was talking about how, I guess it would be the Gen Zers and maybe poss- possibly the Millennials, were saying, why should they give a fuck about these old oldsters kicking off because of COVID? They, yeah. ruined, they ruined the whole earth and they just handed us this pile of shit. Yeah. They ruined it for profit. I that. And then they turned around and said, fuck you guys, mm-hmm. and handed us this pile of shit. What do we care? Why don't we just go ahead and just keep spreading this stuff and fuck them? Mm-hmm. You know, remember the ozone layer I should have had, you know? Yeah, and then that kind of disappeared when young people started dying of COVID. Yes, and then all of a sudden it's like, let's find a vaccine right now. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Yeah, when AIDS became a big thing, most people didn't care because, oh, it just attacks those gays and they're icky anyway and yes. you don't like them. So yeah. they were more than happy to have this strange new cancer that only kills gay people, which yeah. is how it kind of was originally That's presented. Really, yeah. 
But as soon as they realize that, oh, anyone can get it, uh-oh. We got we to gotta <laughs> fix it right now. Yeah. We got to do something about it. Yes. Yeah. Your average, you know, married white American man who makes more than 75000 a year suddenly became his problem because the call girl that he sees once every two weeks could have, could have AIDS. Yeah. yeah. Because so that's she was when probably it became... an intravenous drug user, which was a higher, <clears throat> a higher percentage of, um, of victims. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, any IV intravenous drug user... Yeah, um, sex is is not a hundred percent for transmission, but IV drug, ch- you know, sharing a needle a like that, that blood just that's pretty nuts. much yeah, almost hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So. so that's that's a really fast way to catch it. But yeah. anyway, that's yeah, that's kind of how AIDS became a big deal for yeah. the pharmaceutical companies to and worry about. Is because Doctor Fauci completely fucked up. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah. me. And that fucking gain of function research, and people treat him like a hero. Uh, so, well, anyhow. you know, I kind of think it was going to happen somehow because you know they needed to do a test run. It could be, but pissed me off. They're over there doing it, having it done in China because it's outlawed over here. Yeah, for profit, and then he comes back and acts like, "Oh, here, here, I'll save you guys." No, if you really wanted to save us, you wouldn't have been over there doing it, you fuck-ass. So, <laughs> Yet know, another argument allegedly. in favor of global government. Because yeah. then, if it's illegal here, it's illegal there, too. Yeah, yep. true. So, anyhow, I've got a new Dear Deucebags coming up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have an interesting question for you about ethnicity and, and national culture. Oh, that sounds good. All right. We'll be back with Dear Douchebags and then Chris Topher's question. All right. All right. Someone took a dump in the corner. Oh, jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells. <laughs> <laughs> 